0: that's why I listen to music. That's how I grew up is like looking for music to be like a companion to me and some feeling I, I couldn't share or couldn't process just making like a four minute container for me to um, feel freer or feel less free, but in a way that felt uh, honest and explained or, just feeling less lonely you know like just someone mirroring something you felt whether it's good or bad you just you just feel like a more a part of the world
1: my name is jeremy kirkland and this is blammo my guest this week is musician perfume genius aka michael hadrius His recent album, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, was my favorite record of 2020. And his music is what you put on when you hit the gym and when you hit the wall. It's lush, it's beautiful, and always for some reason what I need to hear. We explore his career in music and get into everything, from writing his catalog of introspective and emotional songs to playing for Russian tourists in Vietnam. Michael also talks about what it was like streaming his live shows through quarantine. Plus, we get into sobriety, 90s cyber hacker energy, his cowboy glow up, and getting into video games during COVID. It's all here. Let's go. But how was the live show? Because I've been, like, as an aside, I have been buying, like, like live stream tickets for tons of folks. Like, I watched yeah. Jeff Tweedy do a live show. Um, I think tonight is Robin Pecknold of Fleet Fox, is doing a live show. Oh, really? um, all these people are doing live streams, which I... In all honesty, love because I'm sitting at home eating my pirate's booty, having the time of my life. (laughs) But there's no like, there's no energy. But I saw your live show and it was
0: fucking great. But like, who who is who is there? Nobody was there. Me, me, band were there. Um, I mean, I specifically picked a venue that I thought would have energy in it if it was empty. That you know, Uh, uh, kind of an older theater and um, just had a lot of. Sort of haunted information underneath you know, so I tried to yeah. think of of the empty venue as participating in some way and if if that was going to be the circumstances, try to use it um, you know, and even though every you know when I play shows, people are there, a lot of the times it feels like a weird internal battle anyways, it kind of feels like I'm like like um. Like I'm the boss of the level and I'm also the person fighting myself. I don't know how to explain it. Like to try to like really up- tap into something that I know right. I can if I, if I focus or if I let go or whatever the formula is, I feel like I have to, to find it, you know, for an hour and immediately. So there's always kind of like a personal element to it, even though there's other people there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have a pretty commanding stage presence. And you're also someone whom, like, I don't know how much they told you about me, but, like, I worked at Beggars from 2008
0: to 2013
1: or 14. Oh, wow. Um, So, like, I remember, like, when you got signed, I remember seeing, like, your early shows. And you've always been one of my favorite artists because the evolution of, you know, of Mike, of Perfume Genius, has been this, like, stratospheric you know, understanding of like psychoanalysis and joy and music.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been wild for sure. I mean, I'm just sort of in the middle of it. Uh, so I don't like retroactively go back and think about it. But when I do, from where I was when I first started and how like that whole like internal battle, it was enough for me just to sing in front of people. That was enough. If I did that, then I was like, man, I really nailed that, <laughs> you know, in the <laughs> beginning. And now there's just more there's more I feel like I have I have to do. And, and intentional. Like I just kept adding things along the way to push myself. You know, once things became comfortable, then I would add more on.
1: Yeah. Because I mean it's been cool to see like you've also grown much more comfortable, not in just your 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 performance on stage, but also just like you being you. Like I mean, geez, like your your Twitter is like a greatest hits of <laughs> of like amazing non sequiturs and funny observations and just like next level comedy.
0: Oh, well, no, it is comforting. Cause like a lot of that stuff never really worked in my regular life. It's not like I was like, people weren't hitting the like for me saying that shit in conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the same things, all the, like all the stuff I write music about are classically things have been like terrorized for my whole life. So I kind of built somehow, you know, built a career or whatever around things that came naturally or that I'm interested in or that that I want to do that maybe traditionally weren't really working, walking around Tacoma or walking around town, you know? (laughs) But now, like, I'm doing them in this grand, dramatic way and sustaining myself off of it. When you used to feel like something that was, like, detrimental.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's uh well, and it, it's funny too, because like when, when you think about, I don't know if you ever compare yourself to other musicians, but like when you think about other people, like just in the creative field, like most folks who are kind of like living by a plan in the sense of, or, you know, maybe you have some super management style thing and they like have your five-year roadmap and stuff on how they're evolving you and pushing you into all, all these other contents. Like you see what actually happens after that plan is taking place, and it's never what anyone yeah. wants or expects, <laughs> so it's just like, what's the point of even trying to do it? For sure,
0: maybe that's what that's where my like lack of ambition is like lucky for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm ambitious <laughs> in my thinking and like what I want to make and stuff, but I've never I've had people asking like, what's your dream venue to play? <laughs> I have no idea. I really don't ever really think about stuff like that.
1: But really, you've never you've never thought about like. Well here here's a you know a question that I think a lot of people get asked but like the the answer is always different in the sense where it's like I mean cuz you started out much later in your life in terms of building your music career I think you were like 25 mm-hmm. right um yeah and and then you you like you know were slowly evolving here and there and now like you're like an anthematic like stadium rock band <laughs> I mean like watching seriously I mean in, in, in I feel like a little bit privy to it because I watched you do like early, early small shows and it was just like you and the piano and like these hushed whispers. And now like your your songs that people are listening to at spin class and like getting pumped and like losing oh, yeah. their shit over. Um, I mean me especially like today is like before we started recording, I was on the elliptical and I was like, I'm gonna go through and dig through some more of these like <laughs> some of these perfume genius tracks. And like I next like thing that. you know, I'm like breaking the elliptical sure. on the thing.
0: <laughs> I like that level four. <laughs> level five is max level because I do the like heart rate monitor. Oh, okay. Force threshold, that's my favorite zone. That's like right to max, almost to max. Like max oh, yeah. is only sustainable for like 20 seconds, but I like to g- get just there. And if I have any songs that people can listen to it at level four, I'm into that. That's been like a inspirational zone for me. Well, especially the last record. The Blake Mills collabs and stuff? Well, I don't know if it's the content, but I definitely was, like, really into, um, like, running and biking. And, I, and, you know, before all this, I was not exercising at all. This is just the last, like, year or two that I got, like, super into exercise in a sort of, like, spiritual way. Spiritual way? I mean, because you definitely did the glow up. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, the reason I never exercised is because I didn't like it. You know what I mean? And then when I started exercising more and it be- I became kind of manic about it because I was enjoying it. I liked how that my body felt. I liked how it was felt like portals were opening. You know what I mean? I'd be so like I'm an adult. I was never that exhausted as an adult man. I had never I wasn't running. I wasn't doing anything, you know. And then I would just be like exhausted and I felt like different mechanisms were unlocking in my brain and I just became really into it once I kind of separated. I don't know. It used to just be seem really chore-like and just like based around shame, like just doing because I'm supposed to or because I don't want to feel bad. But once I actually felt it getting like good feelings in my body, then I became really into it. Are you wearing an Apple Watch and stuff too? No, I've been been um, I want to, but I've been advised not to. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let's, what what well, about that? Because that's like
0: uncool. You're like, oh, you can't do, you can't wear that big ass. <laughs> Ugly ass watch. That's look, I,
1: that's very true. I mean, my buddies and I talk about this too, where it's like I, the Apple watch is awesome. But now, I mean, I'll be honest with you. So I, I wore, I have an Apple watch and I wore it when I was working out earlier. And I was like, shit, I was like, I'm gonna talk to Mike. I was like, I gotta look good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know we're not recording the video, but like, I gotta look presentable. And before we started recording,
0: I was like, fuck, I still have my Apple watch on. And I see, I support that. I don't know you didn't need to worry about that I personally support it it's everybody else that we have to worry about
1: this is true this is true I yeah but I I feel like it's weird like the apple watch is definitely now like uh it's losing its luster you see a lot of other like folks and then you just catch that big big chunky square on their wrist and
0: yeah but that watch can tell you if you have like rosacea now that's cool (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's gotta be worth something it's like i may not be looking as cool as you but do you know how much data i know about my heart right (laughs) now like what's your Mm -hmm. hrv (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so in in terms of uh like that what we were talking about earlier when you were playing music and doing some of these live stream shows like you're getting ready to start playing music again right i mean i think some of these shows what, what like
0: in july i mean that's that's the dream you know Mm-hmm. I think it's the kind of thing where you kind of book everything and then keep postponing and booking and postponing because once everything is open again, everybody's going to be jumping on every venue and every route and every, everywhere, you know? So you kind of have to secure everything. And then if it falls through, it falls through. But, um, right. Yeah. But I hope to, I don't want to start touring until it's like truly safe. I don't want to do some modified risky version of touring. So yeah. But I mean, I will say at least,
1: like you've you've come off really well, especially someone who's released an album like in the pandemic. In the sense that, uh, I mean, all the live stuff that you've done, I mean, that's been you know live streamed and stuff. In I mean, it's freaking fantastic. It's I mean, because I I think that's the the stuff too. It's like harnessing that energy of a live audience that isn't
0: entirely there well i mean there's times where that was actually kind of fun to try to conjure all that up somehow even though it wasn't there like that became like the video gaminess of it for me you know (laughs) so um yeah i don't know how we all managed to lock into it i think we just tried to build it in somehow but not in a way that um was empty you know not in a try to bring some of that energy in but then also be accepting of this the circumstances too you know yeah. have those both both um, be held at the same time
1: yeah i mean what what's quarantine stuff been like because i mean at least in your case but i mean your boyfriend's in your band mm-hmm. and so i mean you, you got like basically a, a jam buddy and a bandmate like locked mm-hmm. down in quarantine have you been writing a lot
0: no in the very beginning i was writing a lot. I mean lots of fragments and lots of beginnings of songs and stuff. And then it somehow well not somehow, it just completely stopped. And I I guess to write, I have to feel like I have some distance from whatever I'm talking about or from the feeling or whatever the content is. I feel like I need to have some perspective and it's been so overwhelming the last year and so like anxiety producing and chaotic that I'm just like in the middle of it. I have nothing to say about it yet. Yeah.
1: You know, know, like thinking about this, I definitely owe you an apology in the sense that I'm like asking about all the fun things that you're doing in a global pandemic where half a million Americans died. And, (laughs) you know,
0: like, like, oh, cool. It must be so much fun to be (laughs) exploring. That's what's so confusing is that like, everything's in tandem with something awful. Like you can find some kind of, you know, some social thing that feels sort of normal and and comforting, but then there's this undercurrent of that it's kind of risky, or maybe we shouldn't be, even though we're outside and far apart, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, and, like every work thing I would do felt like really meaningful and meaningless at the same time. And everything kind of has those weird opposites, you know.
1: Yeah. I and mean, and you were also promoting an album during that time. I mean, and so yes. obviously. Lots
0: of zooming, so many <laughs> zooms in the beginning, just like full days.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about the uh, was it in Joshua Tree that that performance? Yeah, how how did that like start out and, and go? I mean, because I mean, in, in all honesty, like there's a lot of other bands and folks who've been trying to emulate different like simulcast live shows, mm-hmm. but the Joshua Tree uh, was really really special.
0: I mean, that was me trying to figure out a way to bring some of the energy before all this of how I wanted to play the shows, how I wanted to to make videos, you know, the kind of dirt and like the dirty outside dust mud pit energy was like really heavy on my mind for the first two videos I made and was going to carry into somehow the live thing. And so it was a way to to bring some of that, you know, um, and i just wanted to be outside. i mean we can go anywhere that's kind of the beauty of it is that it can really be anything it doesn't yeah. it's not doesn't have to be in a venue it does not have to be um anything you know and and it's not like the thing i chose just playing outside in the desert is wildly insane <laughs> but it was like it was really satisfying and, and pretty and to play at sunset to feel like all the space around us and everything
1: and it, a lot of bands have Sure, gone and played outside in the desert, but I would say very few of them actually do it and look good and sound good well, I'll and take that. evoke a performance that means something to someone. Other times, you're like, "Oh, cool! Look, they're in the desert. Way to go, guys!"
0: Well, festivals are just like that in general. It's it's, it's yeah hard because sometimes you feel like you're just playing out to like open air and it just like it's it's like just falling off. Like, the, you know, don't know explain it. There's something about an inside venue where you can feel that circle of energy, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's harder to feel that sometimes outdoors or in in a big festival. Yeah. But when you do, it's really magical. But it feels like it's not really set up for that sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think especially where with you two, I mean, at least for me, your music often invokes like a a much more introspective emotional response than
0: what I am prepared for when I hear it. (laughs) Well, and I like to set that up. I like to like create some container for that, you know, but when you're just like rolling up at a festival and it's like noon and there's no, you know what I mean? You're just like in the daylight trying to like cry in front of everybody. Sometimes it's cool. (laughs) And sometimes everybody's like, who's this guy? And a lot of times people are just waiting. They're just like really drunk or stoned and they're wanting to like, they're wanting to um, either the person that's on after me to show Mm -hmm. up or they're just wanting to, like, get down to something, you know. And I can see them trying to dance when I'm singing some really sad, melancholy song. And I can see them, like, trying to, like, push it. See if they can, they can dance a little bit. Or it's, it's funny.
1: Wait, did this, I mean, when was the last time this happened? I mean, obviously not recently, but.
0: I mean, things like that happen a lot. Uh, well, one time we played in Vietnam and we played in kind of a tourist area that i didn't realize was was all russian tourists. So hmm. it was really hot and we were in vietnam but all of the stores were selling like knockoff north face like down <laughs> coats for people to bring back to russia. Okay. Um but we played this and it was all russian tourists and they really hated uh really hated what i was doing. <laughs> 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 but I could see them kind of giving it a shot in the beginning. Like they had, there was very like fire baton twirly, like Russian circus energy, Mm -hmm. like circus hobbies kind of people. Do you know what I mean? Like the little sticks, the sticks that you toss around and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing, (laughs) which I was there for. I could have gotten in on that. Like I'm not (laughs) judgmental. I would have, I was singing to them, you know, but, um, Yeah, see them kind of trying to get into it at first. So then it just like shut off. It's fun though. That was a really fun trip (laughs) for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, because the whole festival stuff, like, I mean, I've been to Glastonbury and been to, um, like Coachella and, you know, and a few of those things like, and it's always so weird because someone like you, like you're playing a song and, you know, some of these songs are like, yeah, extremely, uh, heartfelt and emotional beautiful things and you have some ring ding in the background being like wait what (laughs) well hold on Yeah, could you give me one too? Wait, I texted them.
0: (laughs) Yeah Well, I mean, it's like You can't get that mad because you're out of the house, you know, if he was in my living room I'd be like, can you please be quiet, you know but it's like when you have to go to the bathroom in a movie theater and the person is really mad that you're like having them kind of sit up for a second to go by like then, if you didn't want just like watch a movie at home, like you're in a movie theater. So I try to think about that one and not get too upset. Like, I mean, this isn't my house, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, also, like my music is just louder now. Like I'll just wait to the louder. You know, if I'm in the middle of a sad song and it's not really going over, then I, you know, I'll have other I have other material that maybe will fit more in this Denver dive bar zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no, I mean it's true, especially like you know your first record super beautiful m- very mellow you know peaceful um and like some yeah and again like the the recent stuff and I mean how much of that was you and how much of that was like Blake Mills
0: what like the scope of of it sonically and stuff yeah I'm just especially the last two records and the records with Blake are very collaborative in the sound for sure. I mean, I have a kind of a detailed map before I go in, but I'm very willing to chuck it out if if what we find together is better. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um as long as like the spirit and you know, I my lyrics and melody and all of that is intact, I don't really I'm not attached to how it eventually is made. You know? Yeah. So, like, I'll have some idea for a song that maybe is a little more meditative or minimal. And then when I play the demo, Blake, hears something that's more aggressive. And sometimes we harmonize, sometimes we do one or the other. You know, it's just, it becomes like two separate things. Like, there's the process I do by myself, and then there's the process I do together. Yeah. And you also
1: have, your band is basically... Like a super band. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're like Pino and like the the musicians.
0: Uh, how, how did that happen? I mean, it's pretty wild. Like Matt Chamberlain, yeah. Keltner, like these legendary musicians that I grew up listening to the records and and knew who they were before. I mean, I knew who they were since I was a teenager, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's wild to me because I I did start later and I'm not like trained musically I don't I'm not like a technician I guess you know and so to hear these guys play on my record and they're so pro but also I mean there's the technical side and then there's just sort of the magic that's like inexplicable in music you know those there's two things that don't really feel harmonious to me sometimes because whenever yeah. I have to get hyper-focused about something technical I feel like I'm getting farther and farther away from the feeling or or something. And they have a way to somehow that's perfectly balanced in them. Like they'll just hear something once and they'll be able to note for note, play it perfectly, but also with feeling and with energy and and the magic, you know? And so it's very inspiring to, I mean, that's why they're legendary, honestly, is because they're able to, to conjure that up. Yeah. All of those things at once, whenever, you know? Yeah. But I
1: mean, in, and this is no discredit to any of them, but a lot of times, like those musicians are fantastic by because of the the bands that they're and the artists that they're supporting. Uh, and in this case, it's you. I mean, and I think that's the thing where it's like it I understand, like, yeah, you had started at a later age, and it's not like you went to Berkeley music school or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's there's a rawness and a beauty in your songwriting that is seriously transformative in the sense that it's not even just about like oh what a perfect you know ab melody and here's the tag and here's you know like but there's you know like i was saying earlier like there's this emotional response that you end up soliciting from people that is kind of like transcending and takes them out of that like i caught myself um you know pretty and maybe it's cuz of covid and stuff but like when your album came out i was like oh site i was like sick let, let me check this out and there was a few times that I like pull over the car and like mm. stop to listen to it more, just because of just the the rawness of the stuff that you were sharing. I mean, it's it's really really
0: beautiful. Yeah, I'm really proud of, especially the last record. It just feels like a like I found some balance between how I used how I worked in the beginning and what I was really focused on when I first started writing, and then as it went on, I kind of went to exploring other things you know and it became less maybe about not less but it was not as hyper focused on the lyrics and the story and more focused as the sound and you know like the expansiveness being what's communicated Mm -hmm. and are helping to communicate the story and then this record feels like both of those things at once like I felt like I was writing in a way that was really satisfying to me but I was also thinking about sound and the the world building in like a more expansive way equally as um considered you know and it, was, it felt very mature i felt very mature yeah. <laughs> but in a way that is like it was really needed you know um yeah so i just i'm really happy happy with it and i feel like even with my demos and the things that i bring to the studio i felt like i was really making a really intact world for everybody to go into and with free, with permission to fuck with it or to mm-hmm. change it. But there was just, I had a command over those seeds more than, than usual. Yeah,
1: Some of the music that you've created has really enabled and helped many people to process their own journey. But with that, I feel like there's a deep level of intimacy that happens between your listeners and you. And so have you had you know people coming up to you and just like dumping their life on you when you're like... Uh, hi
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i've said i love you to people like immediately i love you and i'm like i love you too like those kind of experiences have happened i mean it's it's all over the place but um i mean it's it's almost i can't i can barely even think about it honestly (laughs) it's kind of overwhelming for for me to to think about um just because i i that's why I listen to music. That's how I grew up as like looking for music to be like a companion to me and some feeling I, I couldn't share or couldn't process. Just making like a four-minute container for me to um, feel freer or feel less free but in a way that felt uh honest and explained or... Just feeling less lonely, you know, like just someone mirroring something you felt, whether it's good or bad, you just, you just feel like a more a part of the world. And I, you know, I didn't grow up feeling that way at all, honestly. Yeah. And so music was sort of my key to just like the shadow of that feeling or the f- fully that feeling, you know. And that's kind of why I make music. And a lot of times I make music for that version of me too, you know, stuff I wish I would have heard when I was. Younger, or it's almost over. If that, I don't know. It's hard for me to to think about it in practice, just because it's. I got to keep doing it, and if I if I think about it too much, then I'm worried I'll get like overwhelmed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you're you're focusing on what your music is supposed to do, you know, yeah, it's got to be a little bit overwhelming at times.
0: What you know, like I, I didn't make any music until I got sober. You know, and classically. I always thought of getting sober as this really um, like living against your instincts, you know, having all the edges kind of doled off of everything to stay safe, you know, and then to make something that felt really wild sometimes and feels really full of emotion and um, really emo- just full of emotional, like having really big highs and lows in it, which was, was something I was going to thought I had to tame in order to stay sober. You know, and it, I did, honestly, but I still could make music or find outlets to safely kind of get these extremes that I need or safely process things that are still um felt like I couldn't handle without some sort of buffer. And I also wrote, I don't know why I'm just, I'm just telling myself, but I wrote all these albums on antidepressants too, which also, you know, like all these things that I thought, and I've been in a committed relationship and um like... To take care of myself. And before, like I thought I was an artist, but I was just drinking. Do you know what I mean? I thought I was an artist, but I was just going out all the time. <laughs> I didn't make anything.
1: New York does that to you. And I
0: felt like really wild. Yeah, I felt like I was in really wild and creative, but it was ultimately, and there's a lot of wonderful experiences I had and one really wild ones. And I, I mined a lot of them to make stuff out of, but I wasn't making anything while I was in the middle of it.
1: I hope you do take some comfort. And at least in times of like frustration that other mics or whomever out there that are going through stuff are finding your music and feeling validated.
0: Yeah. Well, I even try to kind of weirdly do that to myself. Like I will get kind of down and then I will think about like the children. I always think of them as the children, like them feeling down or something. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't feel down. Like it's so easy to... To say that to somebody else and to see everything that they are and that they're worried about and sad about and, and still see them in a really warm and, and tender way. And I try to like to switch that on to myself. Yeah. And I think the making music the way I have beta has helped me sort of build that mechanism up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it 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 shows and it's it's really beautiful.
0: But then also like there's been times where I just end up in a place where I, I wasn't imagining. I mean, I guess that's what I'm always terrified of is like, when do you just kind of stop and everything's still about remembering and, and then maintaining, <laughs> you know, I'm worried about, yeah. about that. And I, I can feel the pull towards that. Like I can, I can feel the pull towards sort of just settling in and just being like, I don't want to fuck anything up anymore in the fun way, the bad way, any kind of way. I just sort of want to like just have the same thing for lunch. <laughs> just sort of hang out, <laughs> you know. Like I'm tired. I just have feeling, and I'm like, if I'm tired now, like in ten years, like how tired am I going to be?
1: Right. Yeah. I, it, it's it's so crazy. Um, jeez. So to talk about clothes and talk about some things that are more fun. Okay. What <laughs> what what have been the things you've been doing to like waste your mind in quarantine? Have you gone through any sort of retail therapy? Oh yeah! yeah. I just bought some
0: pajamas that really did the trick. Sometimes that doesn't work. You know what I mean? For some reason, these like I bought some like kind of fancy linen pajamas. Oh, from um, Piglet. Some I think it's like a UK company. Okay. And I got there. I
1: really got really into linen sheets. Linen sheets. Okay. Would you like go full Mateo?
0: No, I went. Where did I get the the first one from? Citizenry. Oh, very goopy. um very goopy place
1: citizenry is extremely goopy
0: yeah 100 yeah but i like that well it's just been really hot here and i don't need to get into why i suppose but i like how cool i like how cool a linen sheet is and now i like how cool a linen pajama set is you know, I yeah. had them all day yesterday for when I woke up, but I felt like I was wearing something. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I was walking a little differently. I like the air; they're kind of loose and mm-hmm. um, and wide, and I like the air in them when i move around.
1: Did you do the full sweatpants kit?
0: I'm never like how we call it house clothing here. I never mm-hmm. really got into um, sweatpants. Do you You're like not I anything. like cotton, like like shirting material. I have some pajamas that are like. Yeah, like poplin. Yeah, poplin. Yeah. I like that. Sweatpants is, t- is too sweaty. And I like is... air. I
1: like yeah. to feel air. There you go. You, you like some some breeziness, some drape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I, I went down this rabbit hole where I was like, you know what? I really need to change my mind about all the clothes. Like all the clothes I have are crap. And, you know, because of COVID, I'm going to reinvent my whole look. Like what's mm-hmm. every every season, I'm like, what's my spring look? What's my fall look? And I always kind of like try to champion the whole mindset of like buying less but buying better. But mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because every season I junk the majority of the clothes yeah. that I own and start over.
0: Yeah, that's the same with me. I've tried to do that same thing, but then I end up wanting to be like I was really just invested in I wanted to look really pervy. I wanted I can't grow a mustache, but I really I wanted that energy. And mm-hmm. I was really into like leather um, trenches and like kind of like a hacker pervert. Wait, you mean like Matrix. Hackers
1: the Movie Hackers? Like yeah, the like greatest the film hackers. of all time?
0: Yeah. Like Hackers the Movie, The Matrix. <sighs> That's sort of like cyber hacker yes. 90s energy mixed with like mustache pervert. Um, I don't know how to explain that. Like I was wearing If like, you want some suits. vintage
1: soccer jerseys with like Sony and Maxwell on them, I'll send them your way. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) But then I guess in quarantine, I was like, for what? Like just just sit here again? Yeah. What am I doing? You got to get fits off. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess, I I don't know. I kind of like gave up on it. I just started buying like bulk white t-shirts and stuff. That's not bad. What's your white t-shirt? What is the? I got, I'd get them all over the place. I think I have the Gildan ones now that are okay. Some of them are soft. and Some of them are, are, are crunchy. I like the soft ones. The Hanes like comfort soft tagless ones are good.
1: Yeah, like white ter- white T shirts is like saying you you just got into music. I mean, there's so <laughs> many levels, so many yeah. layers in that onion. Um, because yeah, you get you had like a of like a pretty legit like cowboy look for a while. That was I
0: got well some of... part of that was just like rebellious to me. It was really was, like when I started exercising and my body started changing. It was kind of humorous to me that I was looking more masculine. The,
1: gl- the glow up?
0: Yeah. And I was like kind of funny. And then the when I would also, then I put some dirt on, I was holding a sledgehammer. Part of me really wanted to do that and it felt like powerful, but then also some of it was just kind of campy and funny to me that it's the same with dressing like hyper-masculine or, um, you know, but I got, you got to be careful. Like if I'm b- paying a lot of money for something with holes in it, you know, or like, you know, like dirt. <laughs> like a dirty shirt and I'm going to pay like 150 for it or considering that there's something really problematic about that.
1: What, uh, have you, have you gotten into the whole like gorp core?
0: Gorp core. Tell mm. me about that.
1: Okay. Uh, so gorp is basically, a uh, an abbreviation for like good old raisins and peanuts. And it is gorp core is like some silver Lake echo park, sort of um tie-dye with birkenstocks like chacos and socks um technical fabrics like like arcteryx but it's old arcteryx yeah or it's like vintage north face like bright colors and rock climbing folks in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. That's I gorgeous. i follow a
0: lot of like curated instagrams for that kind of thing mm-hmm. but i don't I don't really, I don't think it's really for me, but I kind of, I kind of like it. I don't like so much the um TikTokiness of it, mm. but I like, um I don't know if I've ever really seen it fully in practice.
1: Up oh close. man, I will, I will <laughs> send you some.
0: I could get into Gorp. I think I could maybe get into, it. the reason why I like all like, um, well, because I remember maybe what, what year was it, like 2010 or 12, it was like very filson what? Yes. Lumberjack. <laughs> yes. Fisherman energy. And I got kinda into that. And the reason I liked it is all that stuff works. Like I don't necessarily need to be that protected walking around downtown Seattle. <laughs> but I like having all those pockets. You know, I like having all that like functional shit.
1: That stuff's all coming back. Like the the kind of like heritage Americana sort of thing is is definitely it's weird because, especially now, you have uh, kind of like this rebirth of like people called it like hashtag menswear, which was like wearing. Su- I mean, think like Patrick Amory. That okay. that's it. <laughs> like that that's that's the whole vibe. Um, it's kind of a, a little Ivy-ish, mm-hmm. but also a lot of um, clothes that are worn in a utilitarian mindset.
0: I want, like, I still, I feel like I still want to go full hacker. I Like, I want to move away from the moment. I want to go full, full. That's where I'm truly pulled. But then all the things I'm seeing and all the, like, curated Instagram things with, like, you know, kind of an, um, like a fleece from 94 or something (laughs) that's, like, a little bit more of a teddy bearish than usual. Like, that's the stuff that's coming towards me. And I want, that stuff is cozy. And, also it like has memory built into it that's sort of comforting and it, it's like functional but i want to that feels like dressing to me and i want to um more cuz i always think about there's some people that have really good style but they're like dressed really bad. Oh, I want to move towards that. Pray tell. I just mean like some people are really well dressed but it's just cuz they're rich <laughs> or like you know they're just wearing nice clothes where they have no style. You know? Welcome and to the I podcast this is it <laughs> <laughs> but then i met some people that have an amazing style but they're dressed really bad like objectively mm-hmm. and i want to move towards i want to kind of move towards that
1: the best example is johnny depp has amazing style but he dresses right. like an idiot
0: maybe not that direction but yeah, yeah that sort of idea
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's um that that's the vibe and it, it's funny that you mentioned hackers so like Especially during quarantine and everything. Like I found myself like rewatching um, the movie Heavyweights a bunch. Uh House Guests with Sinbad and Hackers <laughs> over and over again. I guess they all like the triple H of comfort. Yeah, I need films. to
0: rewatch hackers.
1: Oh my god, you gotta do it. It holds up. Johnny Lee Miller, Angelina Jolie. Yep. You got Crash Override, um, What's His Face from Short Circuit? Fisher Stevens. What's
0: is isn't Matt what's his name?
1: Matthew Lillard.
0: Lillard, yeah. It's got a kind of fish fish like energy to him.
1: Right? That's He the came back
0: of... recently, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Didn't he have some sort of moment online moment?
1: Yeah, him and Brendan Fraser actually both kind of like resurfaced, being like, Hey, you know, my life changed, but what's up? Here I am. Uh it's funny, Fisher Stevens who plays, you know, the the antagonist in hackers uh is like my only celebrity new york moment in like the 16 years I lived in new york and reached out like he lived in my neighborhood and I never have gotten starstruck and I saw him and I was like shit okay I walked up to him and I was like and he was just walking down the street and I went up to him like a fucking moron and I was like Exc- excuse me uh Mr. Stevens and he was like uh hi and I'm like I just wanted to let you know that Hackers is a movie that like is the reason why I live in New York. And he was like, "Um, okay." And he was like, "Well, you know, welcome. Uh, I hope I hope you're having a good time." And I was well, like, I'm, "I'm just a huge fan." But I walked away feeling like such a moron. But I, I had to it do it.
0: Successful to me. That sounded like a successful transaction.
1: Yeah. Energy. Have, what are like the other things you've been doing to kind of like bide your time in quarantine? Like, did you did you start like watching The Wire from start to finish?
0: I mean, it's like it's it's so jumbled up
1: because you're a pop culture think if commentator. I did get
0: Super, am I?
1: Yeah. Do you what follow
0: yourself on doing? Twitter? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I feel like I'm not talking about anything
1: referencing um, Bloodborne.
0: Yeah. Well, I have gotten heavy into video games for sure, and I did get a PS5 somehow, which took a lot of it took a lot of, um, I had to really work at it.
1: Did you play the celebrity card?
0: You know what? You know what? I did. Yes. For shipping. <laughs> just for shipping. Because I accidentally, I had to, you know, to get one, I had to like be really on the ball. And mm-hmm. had to sign up and fill everything out really quickly. And I accidentally mm-hmm. put the wrong address. And they refused to change it. And so, I used my Twitter to contact them. And they're like, okay, we'll change it for you. My man. Yeah. But that's the only time I've successfully done that. Usually I fall on my face whenever I try to use that. <laughs> like usually it doesn't work. Well, what, what games are you playing? Right now I'm playing Neo two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Bloodborne. It's like a souls like
1: um I mean Bloodborne's really a, That's a real button masher in depth game.
0: I be, I beat it solo. I wasn't I wasn't playing around. I could not figure it out for the first Few days, I thought I felt really punished by it. But then it clicked for me, and um, I got really into it. And now all I want to play is these really difficult, sort of punishing games. For some reason, it's really cathartic for me right now. It's weird that I will spend. It's so um, I will work really hard, and I will dedicate myself to learning these systems and these like mechanics. And I will research online, like the best ways to do this and all this stuff. And I, you can, I won't answer an email, not a single one. Like I won't do anything. I like don't work hard in my regular life, but then I, I will do all of this for this game. It's so bizarre to me.
1: I mean, that, that actually seems much more common than what you think.
0: Probably, I guess, but it feels like, uh, I don't know. feels weird.
1: Yeah. I got very, I don't, I have like a serious addictive personality into which, yeah, I, I get into a game and I just vanish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I got, well, I restarted breath of the wild on switch, um, which is still probably one of the greatest games. Then um, I played animal crossing for like a day and wanted to break my switch in half. Cause I think that game is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm it's too, patient. it's all hype. Yeah. I don't care about fishing, but if I'm, I, mean, Link- I can
0: get into that. It's, I could get into this chore likeness of it, like do this and this and this and the grindiness of like just fishing over mm-hmm. and over and over to get like a chair or something. Is that that's what that's <laughs> what it is? For some reason, You're the pacing of it exactly was, right. was um the pacing of it wasn't sitting right with my spirit.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I got back into so like with with PS5, there's not really many PS5 games, but the. um. They've, you know, they've remastered all these PS4 games. Mm-hmm. So I started God of War again, which is a pretty much a flawless game. Then I got back into Destiny and then I've been logging like a ton of hours into Destiny. Um,
0: which is... Do you play that
1: solo? No, Destiny's pretty cool because there's a solo aspect of it. But I would say that game is probably at its best when you're playing online with other folks.
0: Well, I mean, do you play with just the general public or do you have specific people you play with?
1: Oh... Um, I play with like my brother and brother-in-law. Uh, then I'll play with like random folks, and then there's a bunch of other. Don't have like a
0: a group of people. Yeah, well, in a weird
1: way, like video games is how I've been connected to some a bunch of my friends because you know we're all siloed.
0: I'm shy about video games. I've had people invite me to their like thing. One time, I played Overwatch with some other musicians, though, and I had like the play of the game. I was really proud of myself, and then I never did it again. I was like, I want them to remember me as that skillful.
1: Oh, see, you know? you, you got to have, like, a Finsta for video games.
0: Well, it was like when I, I run time in, like, elementary school, they somehow wrote me into playing football. Okay. And I, like, won the game with one pass or something, and then I was like, I'm never, that's it. Like, I never played again, because I knew I'd never get that back. I don't know, it was a fluke to begin with, so I just, like, let it my legacy it lasted for like a week and then everybody's just sort of looking at me like wait there's something wrong with this this guy Around that's amazing
1: yeah i would highly encourage you to get um some of the like or like get destiny because i think destiny's free and then you you gotta pay for the seasons because everything's a fucking like subscription now for
0: video games well it's not super toxic right because it's not hyper it's cooperative
1: yeah there's pvp
0: but yeah like all the e-sportsy games that I have gotten into, almost all of them eventually make me feel like trash because everybody's so awful. Yeah. Well,
1: in, in at least in Destiny, you can also you can get fits off. You can get cool armor and cool mm-hmm. gear, and then you're changing your colors. I like that. If you're into hackers, man, nothing's more futuristic than flying through the world with guns, you know, wearing a cool helmet with neon out of it.
0: Warframe. Have you seen, have you heard of Warframe? Oh, yeah. That, those, those are some outfits in that game. Those are some. Go. They're not outfits, but they're like, that's like the next level
1: for me. Yeah. Um, you've played at quite a few fashion shows. How has that been?
0: I love it because the fashion world is exactly what you would think it would be from like movies growing up. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> but then also not, you know, but it still always has that element of kind of, um, you know, there's always that weird guy at a shoot. That everybody's really reverent towards or at a fashion show where everybody's really reverent towards you have no idea who they are or what they do. And if you ask anybody, they don't even really know. Like he's just like in like 30 robes and is walking around and I don't know how to explain it. But I remember I don't want to specifically name, but there's one shoot I was doing, and there's this guy and he's kept like whispering to everybody. He's like, Who is that? Everybody's, I don't know. It was really funny. I think he um
1: He was a designer. He's like the
0: mo no. He's like the movement director for like the flow of the walking, or I'm not even really sure what it was. Some some niche job uh, within the show itself. Well, because I mean,
1: you've done like Prada and mm-hmm. Airman, like you like real fashion. It's not like someone's L.A. garage vibe. It's mm-hmm. legit stuff. Um,
0: yeah, I and mean, that whole that whole world was very new to me once I started making music, like fashion meant something different to me until I sort of started doing more f- formal things. Like I, um, I met, you know, so many people trying to do really creative, soulful things within it. And mm-hmm. especially cause there's, I've had experiences in that world that felt really empty and like, um, but I've been also found people where it felt really fulfilling and, and artful really, you know, and that yeah. is what, keeps me kind of interested
1: in it yeah i mean it's cool and at least with like how some of the fashion stuff is evolving i think it's it's also kind of helping a lot of times it's really negative towards the culture like especially in hindsight but when you look at things that have been happening now with people like harris reed who's the the gender fluid designers that you know makes Mm. all the stuff for harry styles and i mean there's some there's some cool stuff happening there
0: yeah there's some really wild stuff and there's some really um Reverent, traditional stuff that I don't know. Maybe it's just because I know more about it and it's kind of like music. Like I know, but I'm not like a a nerd in the same about it in the same way I am about music. It still feels like a a newer thing that I don't fully have a grasp on, but I just kind of can be around and find the magic and and beauty in, in it when I'm there. Yeah.
1: Well, Cool. Well, this is this has been a lot of fun to talk to you. I, I want to thank you so much for your candor yeah, and your thanks openness. thanks for having me. But thanks so much. It was, it was a pleasure talking
0: with you. Likewise.
1: You've been listening to Blamo. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. Our associate producer is Jason Schwimmer. Maddie Franklin is in your DMs and running our socials. And Brendan Finn edits the show, my mistakes, and lately my life. Theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find us on Instagram, at Podcast. Do us a favor, leave a review on whatever app you're listening to us on right now, unless you're driving. In that case, eyes on the road. If you can't stop and need all that hot content, join us on Patreon for tons of exclusive pods, a private Slack group, merch hookups, and all the fun in the whole world. I'm Jeremy Kirkland, and I cried watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week. See you next week.